Good morning. First song this morning will be number 217. 217. There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the light. Send the light. There are souls to rescue. There are souls to save. Send the light. Send the light. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. We have heard the Macedonian call today, send the light, send the light. And a golden offering at the cross we lay. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Let us not grow weary in the work of love. Send the light, send the light. Let us gather jewels for a crown above. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Good morning. Welcome to our service today. You are our honored guest, and we invite you to worship with us often, whether in person or via live stream. Please fill out an attendance card and place in the collection plate so that we may have a record of your attendance. Times of our services are 9.30 Bible study, 10.30 Sunday morning worship, 5 p.m. Sunday evening worship, and 7 p.m. Wednesday evening Bible study. Perfect attendance for July are Infant, Sadie Shepherd, Henry Lacombe, Preschool, Lily Parrish, Jackson Lacombe. Fourth and fifth grade, Nathan Farrell and Bryson Albright. Middle school, Lee Rose and Gay Shipman. And high school, Emma Barrett, Leighton Trice, Jack Farrell, and Luke Farrell. There will be a Bible Bowl practice today at 4 p.m. Also, there will be an elders and deacons meeting today at 4 p.m. The ladies are invited to a baby shower for Nathan and Caitlin Wallace today at 2 p.m. in the fellowship hall. They are expecting a baby boy and are registered at Target, Walmart, and Amazon. The Youth and Senior Supper is this Wednesday. There's a sign-up sheet on the bulletin board for those interested in helping with the meal. Come and join the fun at our back-to-school bash on Saturday, August the 13th, from 1 until 3. There will be inflatables, face painting, and games are some of the great activities happening that day. School supplies will be given away to all K through 12 students attending. See Tiffany Moore for more information about the event. A list of school supplies needed is posted on the bulletin board. Please bring the items by 
next Wednesday night. Our monthly singing is going to be this Saturday at Dogwood Bend Senior Living at 160 Hillcrest Drive in Clarksville. Please arrive by 225 and bring a mask. Our gospel meeting is coming up on August 21 through the 24th and will begin with Friends and Family Day on Sunday, August the 21st. The guest speaker will be Brother John Cantrell, minister at South Harpeth Church of Christ. Let's begin inviting our friends and neighbors and help to spread the gospel of Christ. Flyers are in the foyer for distribution. Hildale Church of Christ Ladies' Day is Saturday, August the 27th. See the flyer on the bulletin board for more information. If you do not wish to register online, please sign the sheet in the foyer by August the 15th, and those names will be forwarded to Hildale. Trenton Crossing Church of Christ Friends and Family Day is Sunday, August the 14th. See the flyer on the bulletin board for more information. Also, you are invited to a gospel meeting at Cedar Hill Church of Christ, which starts today and goes through August the 10th. They will be at 7 p.m. each evening, and the speaker is Nathan Diller, and the song leader is Donnie King. If there are no other announcements... Preparing our minds for worship, we will be reading Psalms uh, chapter 100, verses 1 through 5, and I will be reading from the ESV version. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know the Lord, he is God. If he who has made us and we are his, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Our next song will be number 278. 278. I know not why God's wondrous grace to me he hath made known, nor why unworthy Christ in love redeemed me for his own. But I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to committed unto him against that day. I know not how the Spirit moves convincing men of sin, revealing Jesus through the Word, creating faith in him. But I know whom I have believed persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I know not when my Lord may come at night or noonday fair, nor if I walk the veil with him or meet him in the air. But I know whom 
persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. If you would please bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, honor and glory to your name, dear Lord. We praise you. We love you. We put nothing before you, dear Lord. We dedicate this worship service, this time to you, dear Lord. We pray that we can put everything that we have that's distracting us out of our minds, dear Lord, where we can concentrate and sing praises to you, lift you up, dear Lord. We pray that everything that we say and do is according to your will and your word. Dear Lord, we're thankful for the people that we have back in our number that have been sick, that are able to return to us, but we know there are some that are still out, dear Lord. We pray for their recovery. We pray for the people that are watching over them. We thank you for blessing us more than we deserve, dear Lord. We pray that we can return those blessings to you by dedicating our lives to you, by looking and searching out and trying to bring souls to your kingdom. In all this we ask in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Sing the next song to prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. Break my heart, dear Lord, so deep. 
to come inside and gently break my heart. So why did Jesus die? 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Isaiah 53.5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus died that we might live. Nothing we can say or do can justify our sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash away our sins. Romans 5, 6 through 11 says, For when we were still sinners without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Hebrews 9.22 says, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. I am very sorry that Jesus had to die such a horrible death, but I'm very thankful that he was willing to die so that we might live with him through eternity if we follow his will unto death. So as we partake of the Lord's Supper this morning, let us not only look back and remember the sacrifice and suffering that he endured on our behalf, but also reflect on our own lives so that we might be the Christian he has commanded us to be, be the example that we might serve him through eternity. Will you bow me, please? Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this opportunity and privilege we have to commune with you, to gather around your table, to partake of this bread, which to the Christian represents Christ's body, as they hang down on Calvary's cross. And help us to turn our minds back to the cross and remember the sacrifice he made for each of us and partake of it in a manner pleasing in thy sight. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen.
Let's pray. Like Mary, Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this cup, the fruit divine, which to the Christian represents Christ's blood, shed there on Calvary's cross on the mission of our sins. Help us to continue to keep our eyes focused upon the cross and remember that the sacrifice he made for each of us and partake of it in a manner pleasing in thy sight. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful again for all the many blessings of life. You bless us with each day, both physical and spiritual. We're thankful for the blessings that you bestow upon this congregation on a daily basis. I ask your continued blessings upon our leadership here. We're thankful this time of giving. That we're thankful for our health and our abilities to earn a living for our families. Thankful this time we can give a portion of our earnings back to you. Pray that you'll help us to give as we've been prospered and give with a cheerful heart these things we ask in Christ's name.
you'd like to mark our invitation song this morning, it'll be number 600, number 600. <clears throat> now before the lesson, let's all stand together and sing number 525, number 525. <clears throat> if for the prize we have striven after our labors are o'er, Rest to our souls will be given on the eternal shore. Home of the soul, beautiful home, there we shall rest, never to roam. Free from all care, happy and bright, Jesus is there, he is the light. Oft in the storm, lonely are we, sighing for home, longing for thee. Beautiful home of the ransom beside the crystal sea. Yes, a sweet rest is remaining for the true children of God. Where there will be no complaining, never a chastening rod. Home of the soul, beautiful home. There we shall rest, never to roam, free from all care, happy and bright. Jesus is there, he is the light, oft in the storm, lonely are we, sighing for home, longing for thee, beautiful home of the ransom beside the crystal sea. Soon the bright homeland adorning, we shall behold the glad dawn. Lean on the Lord till the morning, trust till the night is gone. Home of the soul, beautiful home, there we shall rest, never to roam. Free from all care, happy and bright. Jesus is there, he is the light, oft in the storm, lonely are we, sighing for home, longing for thee, beautiful home of the ransom beside the crystal sea. Please be seated. Good morning. We're winding down our lesson series called Who is the Messiah? This will actually be number six, and uh, we'll continue with our, our lesson series. One more lesson next week, because I wanted to divide this last one into two lessons. I felt like it was too important as I compose lessons and, and think about the lesson I'll, I'll like, I can't get all that in in one, in one sermon, so I'm going to break it up. Who is this Messiah? Thank you for being here today. I appreciate your presence, especially if you're visiting with us. We want to let you know you're welcome. I ask that you would come back and, and be a, a part of our worship again. We hope that you're lifted up and encouraged, filled with the scripture, filled with singing and praise, and, uh, and fed the word of God. Who is this Messiah? Messiah, we've talked about in the Old Testament, was a concept of the Jews, the promised one. The Jews 
frankly thought of the Messiah as someone who would come and, and be a great leader of the Jewish people who would overthrow enemies, uh, make them a powerful nation, um, to make the Jews a nation to be remembered, kind of back in the times of Solomon and, and David, back when it was world-renowned. That's the Messiah the Jews look for, but we see Jesus as a very different Messiah. Seeing Jesus through the ages, we basically see in Deuteronomy 18.18, the Lord himself tells Moses, Moses was one of the earliest prophets, to Moses the Lord says, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you. I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. We see the Lord here himself telling Moses, I am going to bring a prophet. When I brought this lesson series, I would take my glasses off several times and say, it's like looking at a situation through a special lens. And so we've looked through different lenses at the Messiah, and I want to tell you what those six lenses are. Basically, the first one was the prophets of old. Those who moved by the Holy Spirit would write about the coming of Jesus. They would probably put their quill down, and they would think, and they'd say, Lord, what in the world is this Messiah going to look like? How will he present himself? What will he do? Where will he come from? And especially when they wrote things about his suffering, as we read in Isaiah, uh, the fact that he would be born of a virgin, a very uh, different kind of entrance into the world, the Son of God, a uh, military leader. Who was this Messiah? Then the apostles who traveled with him. The apostles were a very, very different set of apostles initially and uh, were fearful at the time of his crucifixion. They were hiding in an upper room, but yet we know that they received the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit made a very powerful presence. Uh, and Peter brought that first sermon on the, of the church in Acts 2, Pentecost. So they were a very different, bolder set of apostles after the ascension of Jesus into heaven. Ah, and then the religious leaders. Those experts of the law who, frankly, were at odds with Jesus, they developed a hatred for him. For the most part, there were a few that were interested in Jesus' message. But we see a group of religious people who, frankly, had hard hearts. They didn't welcome Jesus. They didn't welcome his message. And ultimately, uh, were the ones who arranged for his trial and crucifixion. We see in the seven woes pronounced against the religious leaders that Jesus stated that the hardness of their hearts were causing them to be condemned. Ah, but Jesus, in our fourth category, had great compassion on the hurting and the helpless. Jesus would go out and touch the leper. He would reach out to those whose society rejected, the people that were trapped in sin, even women of ill repute Jesus would spend time with and show compassion on them. And so we look through that lens of, of the hurting and the helpless our, our fifth lesson was on New Testament believers. As the early church recorded in the book of Acts grew, we see people who faced death, people who loved Jesus so much and were committed to him and, and had such a strong belief in a, a promise of heaven that they would give up their own life, be fed to the lions or killed in the Colosseum or, or persecuted to death in the first and second century in the height. Christian persecution, New Testament believers. And so 
As we bring this lesson to a close, number six, I want to ask you a very, very personal question. So I want you to stop, and I want you to get all those worldly thoughts out of your mind, right? And I want you to focus for just a moment on what I have to ask you. I want your undivided attention. Here's the question. What does Jesus really mean to you? Has anybody ever asked you that question? How has Jesus changed your life? What difference does he really make? How would you describe yourself prior to the time Jesus came into your life versus your life now? Has he made a difference at all? So as you're thinking about that, and you may be asking yourself, well, what would I say? How would I tell someone who asked me that question, how do I see Jesus? What has he done to me? What difference has he made in my life? I want you to think about the different answers that might come from people. Yeah, Jesus, I'm aware of him. Um, He's good. Uh, I appreciate him. I'm I totally understand him, but there's a lot of people that sing songs about him, and he was a prophet, I think. Some people might say. Others might say, oh, Jesus, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't believe in him. I think he's a mythological figure. He's a figment of people's imagination, something the Jews invented, but a real person, no. There's even been claims that he was crucified and came back to life. <laughs> Imagine that. Right? Laughable. Uh, And we call those people atheists or agnostics. They don't even believe in God, a a divine being. Yet there are some who would say, Oh, Jesus. You can just see in their eyes and, and, and in their body language that they're deeply moved by that question. Jesus is everything to me. My life is so changed because of Jesus. How would you answer that question? My next slide basically says, to some, they have no time for Jesus. Don't need him. Others, they can't live without him. I suspect you're here today because you love the Lord. Amen? I suspect you're here because when we took the Lord's Supper a few moments ago, something significant crossed your mind and your heart when you held the little cracker. Young people, you know that that represents his body on the cross, right? That's his body. We eat that. It reminds us of his death on the cross. We drink the little juice to remind us of the blood that he shed on the cross. You see, Jesus, in our minds and our hearts, here today as we worship him, Jesus is the greatest love story you'll ever hear. We sing songs all the time, and and Brian did such a good job today just reminding us of the scriptures over and over again of what Jesus did on the cross for us, the greatest love story. Have you ever thought about this? If there was only one person in the whole earth, would Jesus still come and die for them? What do you think? Yes, yes. Now let me ask you that question again. If you were the only person on the earth and because of your sin, 
would Jesus come and die for you? The answer is yes, he would. And I want to challenge and encourage each of you today to think about that as you sit here in this comfortable church building. Jesus loves you so much that he would and he would have died for you and you alone. And that's how I want you to get up every morning and say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Don't say thank you for dying for the world, for all those evil people. Thank you for for dying for people in Africa. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for my sin and allowing me to have my sins taken away. You see, that is the central theme, Brian, of Jesus is the cross. The cross is how the message of love is communicated to us. He died for me. Jesus said when he was walking on the earth, and I, when I am be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. He didn't mean I'm just going to go get on a tower somewhere, climb a mountain. He didn't mean lifted up that way. You know what he meant. Lifted up means when he's nailed to the cross and he's in the air. Suspended and his blood is dripping from that cross. He's lifted up. He said, This will draw all men to me. Jesus came knowing he was going to die for my sin and your sins. So it's all about the cross, church, the message of the cross. In our next slide, 1 Corinthians 1 18, Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he says, The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. So when the world, right? When the world looks through their worldly lens at Jesus, they're like, ah, who needs him? He's just a myth. He's just some figure of your imagination that you've invented you think there's a God out there. You think there's a, a Jesus. I don't believe it. It's folly to those who are perishing. And there's a lot of people out there in the world that don't believe in Jesus, have never confessed the name, have never obeyed the gospel. And that's so sad. Because, listen to me, church, there's a lot of good people out there who have never accepted Jesus. There's a lot of good people out there who are destined for hell, and we can make a difference. We must not remain silent or indifferent or apathetic toward precious souls that Jesus commissioned us to go and teach. Love the Lord. Show Him that you love Him by telling others. Do not be indifferent toward those who think that the message of the cross is folly. Now, Paul takes the same scripture, continuing, and says, but to us who are being saved. (laughs) It is the power of God. You see, what's the difference? Brian, it's all about the cross. The message of the cross is central to the greatest love story of Jesus Christ. And so I, as long as there's breath in my body, will keep talking about the cross The cross, the cross, the cross, and what Jesus has done for me. Because I remember that if I had been the only person on earth, and because of my sin, I deserved to die, Jesus would have come. 
and he would have died for me, and he did. Today, I just want to spend a few minutes talking about a model. You maybe have thought about this or you've never seen it, but I want you to think of three models. How do people view Jesus? Where does Jesus fit in their life? Where does Jesus fit in your life? And so the first model is, if this represents a person's life, how they spend their days in and out 24-7, you have a pie that's friends, work. Some of y'all spend a lot of time at work. You're like, yeah, that's my whole pie, <laughs> right? I work like a dog. I don't have time for friends. I don't even have time for me, right? However your pie looks. All of us have time for family, right? Maybe a little time for a hobby. Well, unless you're a mom, right? You have little ones at home? Sorry. It's like that when you're a mom. But you'll notice that in that pie, however you slice it up, there's no room for Jesus, right? No Jesus model. Now, don't raise your hand, but how many of y'all know somebody that lives the no Jesus model? Right? No time for Jesus. Don't need him. He doesn't need me. I'm busy, got things to do, things to pursue. That's the worldly model. And majority of the people out there live that model of no Jesus. Now here's the next model. Maybe some of you fit into this model. In my life, however you want to fill in the slices, work, family, friends, hobbies... Oh, there's a, there's a pretty good slice that's dedicated to Jesus. We'll call that the Jesus slice. And that would be when I take my family and we come to church and we do our Jesus thing. So out of my week, I allocate some time to Jesus. He is a part of my life. That probably fits some of you today. But I'm going to show you what I think is the Jesus model. Amen? Jesus is my life. He's everything. He's my all and all. So however you fill in the slices of family, work, recreation, hobbies, Jesus permeates everything that you do. It is your very essence, your very being. Now let's go back one slide, Thomas, if you don't mind. While this is not a bad model, it's not where we need to be. You see, you don't put on Jesus with your Sunday coat, and then when you're done, you take it off and you're done with Jesus for the week, right? There are some people at work who claim to be disciples of Jesus, but when you hear them get angry and curse out a coworker, you're like, whoo, what happened there? You wear the name Jesus, but your life doesn't represent Jesus in your attitude and how you treat others. And my goodness, maybe you're you're a, a Christian in name only. So don't be just a part of my life follower, a disciple, right? Who's not the authentic real deal. I want you to be the last model, which is if we can advance a slide, Jesus is everything. Everything you do, every breath you take, every thought you have is filtered through your love for Jesus and his love for you. And that's what Jesus wants, is dedicated Christians. Please think about that model. You see, in Christ, in Christ, he is our divine creator. 
He takes over every aspect, every piece of pie. He dominates that, whatever it is, whatever we do, whether we're having fun, whether we're working, whether we're with family, whatever activity we're involved in, whatever piece of pie we're in, Jesus dominates it. We yield it to him. We submit. Now, you're probably wondering, Brother Tom, why is submit in blue in parentheses? I put that word in there, but I wanted us to stop and think about it. Submitting is not easy. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do because all your life you will fight by giving up your human will to Jesus. It is not easy at all. And Satan, by the way, is going to be right there alongside you going, really? Really? You're going to give up that right for him? Well, I'd planned on it. Yeah, but what about you? What about what you want to do? What about the messages the world says where you have to pursue this or do this or acquire this to be happy and successful? Don't forget that. Well, maybe you're right. Those are the messages of Satan that are leading us away from submission to the will of God. This is kind of nailing us as a society, right? I want Jesus in my life, but I don't want Him to be the Lord of my life. I want to be able to get to heaven, but I want to do the minimal plan, right? Just enough to qualify. It's kind of like when you join a club. How many times do I have to come? What are my dues? Well, I'll do the minimum just to be considered a member. You ever known any Christians like that? Submit. We submit our will to Him and allow His Spirit to lead, to guide, direct, control our will. We are a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led person when we submit. Our life is lived for His glory, not ours. See how that's a very different model of the world? We live according to the pattern of His Word, and our attitude is grace-filled. We're kind toward others, even our enemies. Now, as we're out there telling people about Jesus, and we're excited, and and we're sharing that message of of love and and good news and, and hope, some people might actually be offended when when we suggest that Jesus is the only way. He's the only way to God. Oh, no, no. There's many paths to God. Jesus is one, many say. You can go this direction. You can go this direction. You can go through meditation. You can tap into spiritual forces and, and, and other things. No. The Bible says, and Jesus says, He's the only way. Look at John fourteen six. And again, this is not my opinion. This is what Jesus says about himself. I, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the only way. And so if others are offended at our message and the exclusive nature of Jesus, then I'm sorry. But that's what the Bible says, and that's what we must tell others in love. Jesus is the only way. Jesus called himself the door. I am the door. I am the gate. I'm the living word. I'm the bread from heaven. I am the great I am. 
existent even before Abraham was created. I have always been, Jesus says, I will always be. And I, for a short time, came to this earth in the form of a man to die for you because I love you. But I am the only way to heaven. In just a moment, we're going to sing an invitation song. And we're going to ask you to think about the question, what does Jesus really mean to your life? And what kind of model of life do you live? What kind of lens are you looking at right now as you see Jesus? Are you giving up your whole life and submitting to him? Or is Jesus just a little part of your life? I wanted to share with you a song. Uh, He is my everything. He is my all. It's actually in your songbook, number 709. But we do have it um, on the overhead if you want to sing that as well. But as I was preparing this lesson, I thought, what better song describes Jesus than He is my everything, He is my all. In hymnstudiesblog.wordpress.com, they mentioned that possibly it's an Irish folk medley. Bill Tyler was given credit back in 1940 for maybe pinning these words. We know that Ernest and Dale Clevenger, actually members of the Lord's Church from Chattanooga, Tennessee, Brother Clevenger preached and I think was a president for one of our Christian schools, actually had this published, He Is My Everything, He Is My All. It was copyrighted in 68, Songs of the Church, one of those old, old psalm books, 77, Sacred Selections, and Praise for the Lord in 92. And... uh, Obviously, it made Songs of the Church, 21st Century Edition. So I'd like to sing this song, and then I want to just wrap up our lesson today after we sing, He is My Everything. Sing with me if you would. He is my everything, He is my all. He is my everything, both great and small. He gave his life for me, made everything new. He is my everything, now how about you? Some folks may ask me, some folks may say, Who is this Jesus you talk about every day? He is my Savior, He set me free. Now listen what I tell you, what He means to me. He is my everything, He is my home. He is my everything, great and small. He gave His life for me. Made everything new. He is my everything. Now how about you? Beautiful song. Simple song. I appreciate He is my everything. He is my all. I can't really think of a song that encapsulates more our blessed life in Christ. He's my everything. He's my all. When I think, when I breathe, whatever I do, it's filtered through the life and the love of Jesus. And it's, it's being led by the Spirit as I go out and minister and work and do 
the Lord's bidding. Now, in this song, He is my everything, He is my all, associated with this song is a verse in Scripture, Colossians 3, 5. And so that's going to be what we close on today. And then next week, I'm going to take He is my everything, He is my all, and we're going to look at some specifics of the lyrics and how they apply to our life. Colossians 3, 5. Put to death, Paul says to the church at Colossae, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And then he lists the things that are earthly. Sexual immorality, purity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Then I like what he said in verse 7. By the way, you church, you used to be like that. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. That's the pre-Christ lifestyle. Verse 8. But now, but now in Christ, you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. Now let me stop and interject. Brothers and sisters, in Christ, we are spirit-controlled. We have yielded up our will to Jesus Christ, and He controls us. If you see a person who claims to be a Christian that is not controlled by the Spirit of God, They have not yielded up. You put on the new self, verse 10. And so, as we continue in Colossians 3.10, this new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Then Paul talks about the unity we have, diversity of all different kinds of people who've come from the world in different walks, Now we're one body in Christ. We're one in Christ. And so he says, here, verse 11, there's not Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. But Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. I hope this lesson today has challenged you to think about Jesus. What kind of lens you're looking through to see your Lord and Savior. Have you submitted to Him? Have you yielded yourself to Him? Have you allowed Jesus to take control of your life 24-7 and said, Lord, lead me according to your Spirit. Lead me according to your Word. I want to submit and be used by you. The invitation today is simply this. If you're one of those Christians that just given God a little slice of your pie, turn over everything. Make Him your Lord and Master. Realize that He died for you, and He loves you more than anyone else ever will. He gave up His life for you. He is our everything. Let's stand and sing together.
Would you have him bear your burden, carry all your load? Let him have his way with thee. His power can make you what you are to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see. T'was best for him to have his way with thee. Would you in his kingdom find a place of constant rest? Would you prove him true, each providential test? Would you in his service labor always at your best? Let him have his way with thee. His power can make you what you are to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see t'was best for him to have his way with thee. Our closing song this morning will be number 245. Two, four, five. Following this song, we'll be dismissed in prayer. <clears throat> I want to be a worker for the Lord. I want to love and trust His holy word. I want to sing and pray and be busy every day in the vineyard of the in Jesus' power to save. All who will truly come shall find a happy home in the kingdom of the Lord. I will work, I will pray in the vineyard, in the vineyard of the Lord. I will work, I will pray, I will pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this opportunity to worship Thee and study Thy Word. Please use the strength that we've gained here today in our daily lives. Help us to carry this message out to others. Help us to be an example to others. We pray for our families, for our friends, for those we have influence on. Help us to influence them in a, in a positive way. Help us to do Thy will. Help us to study Thy Word. And help us to be back again uh, to, to worship Thee. We, we thank Thee so much for all the activities that we're involved here in the church, Bible Bowl and other things. Please be with those efforts. Uh, help us to always do Thy will. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.